you try that out. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. Oh, you did pretty good. All right. Uh, thank you. It's sometimes a hard word to say. I know it can be. And uh, we have to give thanks. And uh, some thanks. All thanks. Everything. Give thanks, the Bible says. Uh, we ought to give thanks in all things. All things. Or as they say in North Carolina, all thanks. All right? Uh, is how you say it there. It's got an A instead of an I uh, in, uh, the, in, in the Carolinas there. Um, do you know that in the book of 2 Timothy, I believe it is, that the Bible tells us that the la- in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be uh, lovers of them own selves, boasters, uh, all kinds of terrible uh, deeds are attributed to mankind. Do you know that one of those deeds that God lists in that list is unthankful? Unthankful. People are just unthankful. Just unthankful. And thankfulness is losing its popularity, you might say. Uh, In some of our uh, recent... uh, News headlines. Uh, there has even been, uh, I guess, this uh, this whole thing of cancel culture. They tried to cancel Thanksgiving, and they want to get rid of Thanksgiving. And uh, and so uh, people just are ready to get rid of this. They're, but I'm glad to see that there's a lot more people that are not ready yet. We're not ready, quite even ready to get rid of uh, Thanksgiving. I praise the Lord for that. But we need to be thankful. And as Christians, especially, we need to learn to be thankful. Thankfulness is not just a uh, courtesy. It's not just something that we do out of politeness. It's not just something that we learn in etiquette school or anything like that. Thankfulness is really an attribute that comes from God. It's an attribute that's taught to us by the Word of God. The Word of God teaches us to be thankful. It's what it does. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, it tells us to be thankful for our food. Uh, you know, that's why we pray for our food, because there's a biblical uh, teaching upon it that we do pray. We ask the Lord, we tell the Lord thank you. When we uh, bow, whenever we come before our food, and maybe it's at a restaurant, maybe it's at our, uh, our kitchen table, maybe it's uh, all by ourselves and we're eating a bowl of cereal, uh, we say, Lord, thank you. Uh, for the food you've given to us. Do we do that? I hope we do. If we don't, uh, don't feel bad about it. You know what you do? Start today. Amen? Uh, Start today. Uh, Too many times we uh, feel bad about past actions, and in feeling bad, we do nothing about it to change it. And so, uh, feel bad about it for a little bit, not the Lord you're sorry, but then change your ways. Amen? And uh, that's what we do as a Christian. Now we should do it. But tonight in this book of Colossians, this epistle, we find that this is a book that is about thankfulness. In every single chapter he talks about it. He is in a big way bringing in this subject of thankfulness to us. And the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1, in verse number 1 through 3, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus our brother, to say to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard your faith in Christ Jesus 
and of the love which you have to all saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before of the word of truth of the gospel, which has come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. In truth. The first thing that we need to understand today about being thankful is this. What should we be thankful for? Well, we should be thankful for each other. We should be thankful for each other. And he tells them that. He says, I'm praying always for you, but I'm also giving God thanks for you. Giving God thanks for you. Now, uh, as you study the book of Colossians, you find out that Paul did not even know most of these believers personally. Paul is most likely not even the person that started the Colossian church. There was probably Epaphras or some other brother in Christ. It was not Paul the Apostle that started the church. In fact, as you read the letter, you find that he'd never even been to the church before. He was hoping to get there, just like he was in a lot of other places, but he had never actually been there with them. But he writes this letter to them as he has heard of their faith. He says, I've heard of your faith, and your faith has come into all the world. He knew about it. He knew of what was going on. He was thankful for them. Uh, you say, should we be thankful for Christians that we don't even know? We should. Now, Brother John reads some missionary letters. and He reads about Christians that are in foreign lands. And um, uh, he was reading, I believe it was most recently, about Brother Florence in Papua New Guinea and how uh, they had one man there that had been attending church for some time and had never uh, trusted Christ as Savior. And then uh, just a few weeks ago, he believed upon the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We ought to say thank God for that. Amen? We ought to say amen to that. We ought to say praise the Lord for that. Whenever we hear a missionary letter and somebody says, uh, you know, so-and-so who we've been praying about for six months, they trusted Christ as Savior. We ought to say amen. We ought to be thankful because there's another brother in Christ, somebody else that's been saved from the flames of fire and has been brought into the kingdom of God and is now a born-again child of God. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. We ought to thank God for these missionaries. We ought to thank God for the people uh, that we uh, meet sometimes that uh, are Christians. We ought to thank God that we can meet somebody that is a believer in Jesus Christ. It's always nice to work with a believer, isn't it? And if you have the privilege of that sometimes, you know, you get to work with somebody that's a Christian. Have you ever worked with a Christian before? And before you even ask them, are you a Christian, you knew they were a Christian? I mean, it was like, you knew, it was, something's different about you. Something's different about that guy. Something's different about that girl. Something is, and you come to find out they're a believer. They're a Christian. That's a great feeling. That's great. Thank God for that. We ought to thank God for each other in here. We ought to. Do you do that? Have you ever done that? Lord, I thank you for my church. I appreciate that, Jeremy, tonight. And I thank God for this church, for God bringing us to this church. You know what that means? That means we're thankful for everybody here. Thank you. He says, I'm not just thankful for you, but I'm thankful for very, three very specific things. He says, I'm thankful for your faith. He says that in verse number, four, verse number uh, four. Since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. See, Paul wasn't there. He said, we heard of your faith. When we weren't there, we didn't tell you of your faith. We heard of it. We, we've been in other places. and we, this, we've, Your reputation of your faith is outstanding. And we have heard about it. We ought to be thankful for other people's faith in Jesus Christ. 
Their faith in the Lord. Their faith. I don't know. It's, I, I, I was, uh, I'm thankful for little children's faith. They have a lot of faith sometimes, don't they? More faith than we do. That's why God tells us that whenever you come to the Lord, that you come to Him as a what? A little child. Because little children have faith. Faith greater most, most of the time than some of us adults do. He says, I'm thankful for your love. This is so crucial. May we learn to be thankful when we experience and see and feel the love of the saints in our church. Say, I, I want to be thankful for that. I, I appreciate that. Never, never take for granted whenever somebody expresses to you love and compassion in the church. Be, be thankful for that. And be, be thankful for hope. He says that in verse number 6 when he says, uh, excuse me, verse number 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven where I be have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Be thankful for the hope that they possess. Be thankful for hope that never ends. And then flip that around and ask yourself this question. Am I thankful for my hope? Am I thankful for my love? Am I thankful for my faith? Be thankful to God for the fact that you have faith in Christ. That you have come to believe in Jesus Christ. Do we realize tonight that there are untold millions outside of these church walls that have no faith in Jesus? Aren't you glad that God has brought you to faith in Christ? Aren't you glad that God has demonstrated His love in your heart and that you can love others as God loves us? And that you can have a hope that is rest assured? I like what Brother Tilly said the other night whenever he was preaching. It was a great quote, and I think I even sent it out to everybody. He said that the hope of the world ends with a question mark. He said, but the hope of a Christian ends with an exclamation point. Amen? I love that. We don't say, well, I hope Jesus is coming. Question mark, right? No, we say, I hope Jesus is coming. We know he's coming. We know he's coming. But then look at this. He says in verse number six, he says, which has come unto you, the gospel is. We ought to be thankful for the gospel. I can preach on that tonight. But, but he says, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day you've heard of it, and knew the grace of God and truth. He says, I'm thankful for the fruit that's being produced in your life. I'm being thankful for that. I'm thankful whenever I can see a Christian growing. I see somebody growing in grace. That's a, that's a blessing. That's a, I'm thankful for that. There was recently, not recently, but uh, I believe it was in the 18th century, there was a uh, minister that ministered in the, uh, I believe in somewhere in Chicago or out on the outskirts of it. And he had a large ministry that was with people that were sick and ailing. In fact, he took such great records that upon his death, uh, they found all of his records. And they found that nearly 2,000 people he had recorded that he had visited that were dying. And as they were dying, they promised to God that if they got well, their life would change around. About 50% of those people made it. Out of those thousand people, he wrote in his diary, only two actually committed 
their lives to Christ, even though God spared them from death. Let me ask you a question. Are you growing in Christ? Are you growing in grace? Have you made a commitment to God? God, if you'll do this for me, I will. And then fill in the blank. May we always be growing in grace. May we be growing. May we have a fruit that is being produced in our lives. Secondly, notice this. Look at verse number, chapter number 1 and verse number 9. Paul begins to pray for them. Really, verses 9 through 12 is a prayer of Paul's as he is uh, giving to them. And he prays for them about many things. And we won't go into all the things that he prays for them about. He prays that God would give them wisdom. He prays that they would be well-pleasing in his sight. He prays that they would be strengthened with all might. He prays that they would have patience and joy. But look at verse number 12. He says, giving thanks unto God the Father, which made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Uh, number two is this, is that not only should we give thanks for each other, but all of our prayers should always be seasoned with thanksgiving. May I challenge you tonight to never pray to God without thanking God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy, what? Endureth forever. You know what that is? That's a psalm. A psalm is a prayer, a praise, a hymn to God. And every time that we pray to God, that we ought to season those prayers with thanksgiving. Around this time of year, I have made it a personal challenge of my own. And this is, doesn't mean you have to be spiritual to do this. It's just been a personal challenge. But the people that I pray for and the things that I pray for around this time of year, I try to flip those things around and find a way to thank God for them instead of pray for them. It's sometimes a mind-boggling thing to do. We're so used to saying, God, please, dear God, do this. And I'm not telling you you have to do that. But what I am saying is this. I think it is very interesting enough that whenever you find the scriptures uh, of recorded prayers, that many times you'll find those prayers seasoned with thanksgiving. Start your prayer with thanksgiving. End your prayer with thanksgiving. Have it in the middle of thanksgiving. But whatever you do, whenever you pray, give God thanks. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verses number 6 and 7. Look at what he says here. He says in Colossians 2, he says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein. Can anybody read the next two words with me? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. I mean, we're on our third Thanksgiving of the, of the passage, of the, of the epistle here tonight. Paul uses it here in connection with their faith. He says that their faith should be rooted, it should be grounded, it should be steadfast. And he says, and when you're rooted and founded in your faith, when your faith is grounded, then you'll have thanksgiving. You'll have thanksgiving. There's no other way to understand this, that their faith would be abounding as, as the more rooted and grounded that their faith was. We live out the thanksgivings to God whenever and they overflow out of our life, the more our feet are resting on solid ground. But if we're kind of shaky and kind of doubting our Christianity, our salvation, our assurance, how we should live, what we should do, then we will not be as thankful as we ought to be. 
We will not be as thankful as we ought to be. So I'm just not a very thankful person. The question I would ask somebody this is, about that then is this. How grounded are you? How grounded are you? I was asking Jeremy before church because I didn't want to be wrong on this. But you'll never make a well without a ground. You can lay that ground in the grass over there. You ain't going to strike no heart, you know? you got to be grounded in order to strike a well, in order to make a connection, if you will, in order to make a solid joint. You're going to have to have, you're going to have to be grounded. And you know what? You're going to never, you're going to never connect with one another in thanksgiving if you're not grounded in God. You've got to be grounded. You've got to be, you got to be stuck to something. You've got to have something that's greater than yourself that you're grounded upon in your life. And God is greater than us, amen? Be steadfast in Him, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always abounding. Overflowing is the idea of always abounding in verse number 7. Overflowing. Could somebody describe your thanksgiving and your thankfulness as overflowing? Just boom. I mean, just whatever it is. I mean, Thanksgiving just kind of rolls out of your mouth all the time. See, so how do I know if I'm being too thanksgiving, too thankful? When somebody tells you you're being too thankful. <laughs> when somebody says, stop telling me thank you, all right? As if, if nobody's ever told you that, you're not, being, you're not being too thankful, okay? You know, I don't know if that's the time to back off or anything. I'm just saying. Are you that thankful? Is it overflowing out of our lives? It should be. That's what the Bible mandates it for us. Tells us it should be. And it only happens the more rooted and grounded we are in Christ. Look at chapter 3 and verse number 15. He tells us here, he says in verse number, I should say, go to verses number one and two. He says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your affection on things of earth, thank, or, excuse me, set your affection on things above and not things on the earth. And then he tells them a list of things to mortify, to cut out of your life. Uh, get these things out of your life. All these uh, evil uh, evil sins, these uh, idolatry and covetousness, evil concupiscence and the rest of it. He says, and then also take out of your life anger, wrath, and malice, and filthy communication, and lying. He says, get rid of these things. He says, and then I want you to add to your faith. Uh, make sure you have your faith, mercy and, and kindness and humbleness and, uh, and forgiveness and charity, he tells them, and peace. In verse number 15 it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. You know, verse number 15, the Bible, especially Paul, writes things a lot of times in, you know, point number one, letter A, letter B, small room in number one, small room in number two, you know what I mean? It's kind of how he writes a lot of times. Verses 1 through 15 is a section. It's a section of, that he's given to us. The very last thing that he caps it off with is, and be thankful. Be thankful. 
After telling us what to do, what to cut off out of our life, what to cut out, he says, make sure you are being thankful. I thought that was interesting because all the things that he tells us to put into our life are rather quite practical and quite positive. You might even say that, uh, you could say that showing mercy is a very positive thing to do. You could say that uh, forgiving somebody is a very practical thing to do. But when I think about being thankful, when you're thankful to somebody and thankful to God, you are being both positive and practical at the exact same time. Positive and practical. We talk about positive influences in our life. Uh, keep up the positivity in your workplace. Does any of your workplaces use the word positivity? Anybody get tired of the word positivity? You know what I mean? <laughs> Melissa's shaking her head, yes. You, know. you want to be positive? Be thankful. You want to be practical? Be thankful. You say, what if somebody is mean to me? Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in our name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All things. Give thanks. And just so that we get it firmly put in our minds, he says again in verse number 17, and whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I've hinted at it that giving thanks is something that we all should do. But it should literally be present in every aspect of our life. I know we, we just, I kind of already brought this illustration up. We ought to give thanks to God at the dinner table. But give thanks to God everywhere. Find unique ways to give God thanks. Find unique ways to be thankful to God for things. Have you ever considered this, that maybe your thankfulness to God and thankfulness to others might be a way to witness to others? Might be a way to witness to someone. What if something terrible happens at work? Or wherever you're at? Say your car breaks down and you need to call AAA. The guy gets there and instead of you being fuming and mad and cussing and spitting and, you know, on the phone complaining to your husband because, you know, he couldn't get here to do this or whatever, what if you got there? What if you got there and started working on it? You know, you just said, you know, this is, I just thank the Lord for this. They probably, I mean, can you imagine? Well, he scratches it. Thank the Lord for this. You got a flat tire. Yeah, I know, I thank the Lord for it. Why do you thank the Lord for it? I mean, I don't know, I mean, maybe I wasn't supposed to be going where I was supposed to be going. Maybe in five miles, a semi-truck was going to cross the road and it was going to plow into me and kill me and my four kids here. I, I don't know, but I'm thankful to the Lord because the Bible has taught me, the Scriptures have taught me that I'm to be thankful for, to God in all things. Well, that doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense, and I don't understand it all the time either, but I believe it. It's called faith. That's what faith is. Faith is not just being thankful for the food because you got the food in front of you, but thankful is being, but being, but being thankful is being thankful when there is no food in front of you. 
It's being a George Mueller whenever you've got uh, 40 or 50 orphans that have sat down to eat and he literally knows that there's no food in the pantry. There, there's nothing to feed the children. But he says, gather them all in here. And they, uh, the assistants lean over and say, Mr. Mueller, but there's no food uh, that we have to cook. And he said, it's okay. Just everybody sit down. He said, but you don't understand. There's literally nothing here to, to drink. It's okay. Have all the children come in and have them all sit down. And as they all gather around the, the supper table and they know that there's no food, what Whatsoever. And the, the kids, they haven't told the kids because you don't want to worry the kids, but the assistants know, the nurses know, the he knows. There's no food whatsoever. And then he says, dear Lord, we thank you for this meal that you've already provided for us. We thank you, God, for these things that you've already given to us. And we praise your holy name. Amen. Literally. You know, I, was, I had this delivery of bread that needed to get... Uh, to the market, but I broke down right outside of your of your of your orphanage, and it's going to go bad if we don't get it there. We're not going to be able to, which y'all would be able to need this. Um, you know, we broke down right here. I mean, uh, and 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 no, this is no lie. Uh, the 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 milk is going to spoil, and uh, and do y'all think that y'all could use this? No money in the bank. Uh, I was just here a few days ago, and the Lord really impressed it upon my heart uh, to give you all of these jewels that I've inherited and pay for the bills for this orphanage. See, that's faith when you thank God, even when it's a bad situation. I mean, you all know what happened. Thank the Lord in all things. And then finally, number, if we hear, see here in verse number two of chapter four, he says here, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. I taught the beginner Sunday school, and thank you, Nikosha, for letting me do that. They were really good and everything. They're a really good class and everything. You got them well trained. They were training me and everything. And I was telling them, okay, let's do this. I said, no, 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 that's not what we do right now. You know, that we, we do this, you know. We sing and we do this, and we're supposed to put our stickers up, and we're supposed to do this. And I said, well, listen, y'all just tell me what to do, and then I'll do it, okay? All right, that's what I'll do, all right? And when it's my turn to teach, let me, can I teach? All right, can I do that for And I started talking about those teachers about Thanksgiving. And I read this verse to them, and you know what? It says that word watch. You know what the word watch means? It means to be careful. Be careful to be thankful. You know, thankfulness is not something you just do. Thankfulness is literally a lifestyle. It's literally a lifestyle. It's having, uh, <laughs> you remember Dr. Rammel? Man, with the curly hair. I mean, that's, he would, at our school, and he would get up, and he says, go home to be with the Lord, but he would get up and he'd say, now students, have an attitude of gratitude. And I mean, he's just this real quirky kind of guy, and I'll never forget that. But he was always smiling, he was always happy, and he was just, I just seemed like the guy was just always ready to serve the Lord, and it was a lifestyle of thankfulness, in a lifestyle of gratitude, of an attitude of gratitude, of living uh, in a state of constant thankfulness. 
We hear about people so many times living in a constant state of fear. We hear about people living in a constant state of impatience or anger or bitterness or anxiety or worry. But what if we lived in a constant state of thankfulness? You know what that would do? That would improve our criticisms. Amen? That would improve our critical spirit. A judgmental attitude. A bitter spirit. Whenever we're being thankful, we find less time to complain. Less time to complain. When we're having an attitude, when our life is being affected and being transformed by the Holy Spirit of God in our lives, and whenever that is happening, then God will begin to change our minds away from complaining and over to thankfulness. There'll be a shift. Now, it's not going to be dramatic, perhaps. It might be slow. But you know what? There should be a shift. And when we see complaining in our life, we realize that we're not being obedient to the Holy Spirit of God and we're not being thankful as we should. We all get there. We all find ourselves getting down in that little hole of complaining. Say, how do I dig myself out of the hole, but you never dig yourself out of the hole, okay? Amen? <laughs> you know how you get out of the hole of complaining? You put the complaining shovel down. Caleb, your dad, I don't know if you remember or not, he had a bunch of yard tools. And he had, I don't know why he did this, I don't know where he got it from, he got the idea from, but I mean, the yard tools had stickers on them. One of them said prayer. It was like a hoe that said prayer. The shovel said, I don't know, I don't even remember what it said, thankfulness. You know? And I always thought that was so interesting, you know? I mean, I, I, that, that, that's kind of like, you, you, you have to work at these things. But you know what you do? You set the shovel of complaining down, and God's got a ladder in the hole. And up every rung is spelled the word thankfulness. That's how you get out of that hole. You put the shovel of complaining down and you walk up the ladder of thankfulness. Say, no, I'm going to stop. Be thankful. We sometimes really make repentance so much, too much of a hard or a big deal. It's really not that hard. It's really just putting down this Picking up this. It's putting down this and climbing up this. Stop doing this one action and doing this and doing another action. That's simple repentance. That's what it is. And when you get into a lifestyle of thankfulness, we'll really see God taking away the complaining out of our life. Giving thanks always. All things. I mentioned this on Sunday. You ever wonder what the will of God is for your life? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 8. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That you be thankful. Giving thanks unto God. For this is the will of God 
This is the will of God. Are you thankful? It's the will of God. It's His will. It's for His glory. It's for His honor. And may we be thankful. May we give God the glory. It was 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning that was six things from the book. From, that was six points from the book of Colossians. How to be thankful. One epistle highlights this one attribute that God wants us to have. May we have it in our lives. Not just on Thanksgiving, amen. 